You mentioned comedies, and I wanted to go back to this. Sure. Um, you mentioned you like sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Do you do you like these sort of classically shot four camera like studio audience sitcoms? Um, or are you more like a multicam, like Arrested Development is the peak of human comedy sort of guy? <laughs> uh, I think I prefer the multicam. I can't help but see. No, I'm sorry. I I, I prefer the single camera. Okay. Uh, I think the multicam like studio audience thing. I mm-hmm. can't get past the old. Of it, <laughs> like it just feels older to me. Yeah. It feels like I'm, I uh, what's the what's the term? The suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. It's harder to suspend my disbelief okay. in a multicam. That's fair. Did you know that? Um, I almost said Greece. Happy Days started as a single cam TV show. Really? Yeah, first season. Wow. Uh, fun, just side fact. No, I was gonna. I was asking because uh, there's a comedy show, sitcom, like in the truest sense of the word mm-hmm. uh, that I'm absolutely loving right now and I want to recommend it to anybody who's listening to this podcast I don't know why you're still here uh, <laughs> uh, but also to you Jesse uh, The Carmichael Show I haven't heard of it uh, it's on NBC so that's strike one okay. um, <laughs> that's why I haven't heard of it No, um, it also the first season was six episodes long and got burned off over the summer two episodes a night for three weeks ugh uh, which is not a good sign of faith, but it is an absolutely amazing show. And the second season is airing right now on Sunday nights. Good job, NBC. But they did pick it up for a third season of, I think, 13 episodes. Okay. Um, that, that came out recently. Um, like, it is, it is such a classic, like, structured sitcom. It takes uh-huh. place mostly... So the main character is this guy called Gerard Carmichael. Um, his live-in girlfriend is a character. Uh-huh. Uh, his parents are characters. They're played by Loretta Devine and David Allen Greer, by the way, two of the funniest comic actors on the planet. Okay. Um, his deadbeat brother and his deadbeat brother's ex-wife. Like, those are the characters. Okay. And most episodes do not exceed that six-character cast. And his, the, the deadbeat ex-wife is not even in half of them, probably. Um... And, but it, but each episode is about like a hot button topic. Um, like, like politically, like politically, like gun control or Bill Cosby. Um, it's an all black cast. And so them dealing with Bill Cosby is a really interesting episode. Oh. Um, uh, there's, there's an episode from this season where a Muslim couple moves in across the street from his parents. Um, and they're dealing with like prejudice and things like that. like like freaking Norman Lear all in the family sort of level of like topicality, huh? And it is absolutely amazing, and it's really funny. It's very funny. All of the characters are super well defined. Like all of the jokes are not. Um, I love Big Bang Theory. I'm gonna say that up front, but Big Bang Theory makes a lot of jokes like, "Haha, they're a nerd." Like, I'm going to say a nerdy thing, and, and you can take that joke and put it in any character's mouth, and it's the same joke. Right. Um, Carmichael's show, on the other hand, every single joke is character-driven. Every single joke is something that they would actually say and is who they are. They all have unique viewpoints. They're all human. Like, there's no bad guy in the episode. Right. Um, Gerard kind of comes the closest because he's kind of full of himself. Uh-huh. Um, like, he, he knows he's right, and he's kind of self-righteous about it. But, like... And 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 they're vastly differing opinions, uh, and it's it's amazing that a show can treat those wildly different political opinions with nuance and character and depth, and not make you really hate anybody. Right. Many of them are saying things like like uh, his dad, played by David Allen Greer. Some of the funniest lines is, 
I hate the term politically correct for a lot of reasons, but is the least politically correct character on the show. Like uh-huh. he's, he's he's a you know older guy. He's like I don't care. You know I don't I don't have to be right or polite or anything. Right. Um, but it is it is like laugh out loud. Funny. Like I laugh out loud when I watch this show. The characters are amazing. Uh, yeah. Loretta Devine is is always been hilarious, but uh, and it does it using the classic four camera sitcom setup with two sets. Wow. Like there's Gerard's family's living room and his apartment and occasionally see like his bedroom or the kitchen of his parents' house. It's so fascinating to me that like something like that is happening now. Yeah. Like the people are people are making like multicam sitcoms on studio sets now. Yeah. It just, it just seems so out of time. Well, and I but, I would not want to see the show in any other format. Right, but like so for some things, like that's that's part. It's almost like that's a character in the show. Like yeah, that's, absolutely. That is a that defines the show. Like you can pl- you can have plenty of shows where like that's not. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. how it's shot, but if you like, that's part of what it is. Yeah. That's that's awesome. It sounds like the so my my favorite sitcom of all time, which sounds like the almost the complete opposite uh-huh. of. Of the Carmichael show is Thirty Rock. Okay, yeah, I would, I I agree with that in comparison. Thir- Almost the exact opposite of the Carmichael yeah, show. Yeah, Thirty Rock. Thirty Rock is um, uh, single cam. Mm-hmm. It is profoundly stupid. Yes, um, it is almost about nothing. Yeah, um, the show exists just to set up dumb jokes mm-hmm. that anyone could say. Like yeah. it's not particularly character driven. There's a tiny amount of character. I would argue that like the like uh, Liz Lemon and Jack Donahue are are yeah archetypes at best. Right, and like like Tracy is yeah uh, is a goofball, and everything he does is Tracy being a goofball. Yeah. but it's not like he doesn't have like Tracy doesn't have motivations or no. goals or you know what I mean. Like there's but but the whole but the show is is beautiful and and, and truly like a masterpiece. I think mm-hmm. because it it isn't trying to be something else like it's just like hey we're gonna have a bunch of like really really good actors who are really really good at being funny and delivering funny lines and we're just gonna make them say really really dumb stuff and it works so well yeah uh but like that's my kind of that's my kind of sitcom but i'll have to check out the carmichael show i i love it yeah like it's arguably the best half hour show on television right now yeah, I don't know if there's many good ones. Uh, there's not a lot. There's there's a, a a TV critic I like who um, Todd Vanderwerf is his name. He writes for Vox Media, uh-huh. and he has a, a rolling article called "The 18 Best TV Shows on on Right Now." Oh, cool! And it's a list, and he updates yeah. it once a week. Um, yeah, and he's got some weird rules, like if it's on streaming, if it's got released all at once, he'll keep it on the list for two weeks. Um, but once it stops right. airing, he takes it off the list um, for any like currently airing show. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's like what Hulu's doing, where they're releasing it week by week, he'll keep it on as long as it is being released yep. regularly. Yep. Um, but it's really fascinating, sort of look at like what he thinks are the best eighteen shows that are airing right now. Yeah, that's a cool, cool gimmick. Yeah. Um, so and so it, every week he's like, you know, this this fell off, this got added. Um, either because it, you know, the show ended, or because something better came up and knocked it off the list. Right. And that's on the list. Oh, Michael. Yeah. 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 
Um, um, well, so critics love it, which is part of the reason it's been keeping around, is because it's got like a ton of critical acclaim. Yeah, uh, which which is hard to sustain a show this year in this day and age if it's still not getting ratings. But the the ratings pool is so thinly spread across every network ever. Right. You know, we've hit peak TV, so to speak, as as people on the internet say. Yeah, had golden age of television. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will. Uh, I'll have to check that out. I um. There's. I don't think there's a lot of like shows that I that are currently airing that I watch. Actually, I think the only show that is currently airing that I watch is SNL. You watch SNL? Yeah. That's got to be interesting. I watch SNL out of like a... Nostalgia for 10 years ago when it was good? No, I'm not that kind of person. Okay. Like I watch SNL and I like I think it's fine. That's fine. But like it's, it's primarily like a sense of duty. <laughs> right? Like <laughs> SNL is important. Sure. Like you should watch SNL. Okay. Like if, I know that th- it doesn't really make sense because S- SNL is just a thing that's on TV. You don't have to watch I it. I feel like, like that's. I feel like that's that's also like. I mean, I get I get that in sort of the same way that I kind of view The Simpsons. Sure. Yeah, I can completely relate to that. I like, don't. Wa- I don't the, watch The Simpsons. The but Simpsons like, has been on almost as long as I've been alive. Right. Like you should watch it. It's yeah. The Simpsons. SNL. Like you should watch it. It's SNL. Yeah. Uh, it's most of the time it's dumb. Yeah, uh, but every once in a while they do something that's actually really funny. Yeah, did you see the? Uh, I, I saw the clip afterwards. The um, the spin on uh, Dead Poet Society. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> I haven't. I I uh, you mentioned like you're you were surprised that Carmichael show actually makes you laugh out loud. Yeah. Um, if I'm with like a group of people, mm-hmm. I'll like laugh and react to the television. Mm-hmm. But if I'm by myself, I can be. I can find something hilarious and and I think it's react. the funniest thing yeah. and I don't really react like it's all just happening in my head mm-hmm. I'm not reacting I get that externally yeah. um, so I was watching SNL by myself yeah uh, and the I won't I won't spoil it but go look up the Dead, Dead Poet Society spoof from last yeah. week's SNL and watch it uh, I screamed <laughs> like, a, like a girl like I, I screamed just sitting alone by myself and the, the, like the first three minutes of the skit like aren't anything they're they're very it's very methodical yeah uh but then the payoff literally made me scream out loud uh it was very good <laughs> yeah, yeah there's some laugh lines in the in the first half i think yeah it's but it, i mean it's it's yeah. fine like it's nothing yeah. special but it all it's all built to to pay off with the <laughs> oh ceiling fans man that was that was a good it was a good sketch right it was a very good sketch yeah, it was a good episode overall yeah. like that's the thing like snl every once in a while turns out turns out a gem i watch i watch a lot of stuff pretty regularly i watch the flash Okay. Uh, that's that's definitely on my on my list. Uh, Carmichael show, fresh off the boat, is pretty amazing. I watched maybe all of season one mm-hmm. or like a bunch of it, and I I can appreciate it, but it didn't it didn't get me like it didn't. Uh, didn't Con- Constance me. Wu, the mother, I think is absolutely amazing. Yeah, uh, she's she is, really good. She is great. The two youngest boys, every single time, like some of the funniest yeah, lines. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, People who know me, who if you listen to this, you may know me. Um, there are certain lines in television shows that I have seen mm-hmm. that to this day, like I'm thinking about them right now, <laughs> like <laughs> cause me to crack up if I if I just think the. Line. <laughs> Clearly, it's it's this super weird thing, and some people have seen it happen. Do you, I'm watching it. Do you and think you can get it out? <laughs> <laughs> No, 
Uh, this is the weirdest thing. Like it is some sort of visceral reaction. There's there's been three that I know of, and somebody can just say this line to me if they know <laughs> that it is. Um, the, the earliest one like happened to me when I was maybe fifteen. And I was laughing for 20 minutes after this thing happened. And it was an episode of Dharma and Greg. Um, (laughs) 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 And I get hysterical. I get absolutely hysterical. And people think I'm not okay. Because I don't look okay. And I'm not even... I'm just like... I keep thinking of the lines. Right. You haven't said it yet. I haven't said them. Um, There's... (laughs) Can I can I tell you can I tell you mine? I think I can, yeah. I can get mine out. Go, I, go for it. So the the one I can think uh, of most readily. Did you watch Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Yeah, amazing show. Speaking of sitcoms, like a mas- absolutely amazing, a masterpiece show. of a sitcom. Yeah. Um, from season one, uh, there was a line, uh, and it, like again in like classic Tina Fey written style, yeah. like this. It's a throwaway line. It's not character driven. Like it, it's just I mean, a funny bit. It's just a funny line. Uh, a reporter in a courtroom. Like we cut to a courtroom reporter, and she's gonna go turn to interview somebody, and she goes, "Stop the presses! My panini can wait." <laughs> it's so, it's, it's so dumb. It's so like it, it's like I said, it's profoundly stupid. Like mm-hmm. a lot of Thirty Rock is too. Yeah, and it like it almost makes you mad at the line for being funny. Yeah, because that yeah. should not be funny. That's fair. Hold. Like, stop the presses. My panini, panini yeah. can wait. Should not be funny. Because, like, she wasn't eating a sandwich. Like, it, uh, it's, but it's, a, it's a panini joke. Every, every couple of days I think about that line. Yeah. And, it, and, just, and it just, like, melts me with, yeah. like, how like how beautiful it is. I'm that like, someone... Yeah. Like, that... Or, like, I, I love it and I think it's beautiful when it enters my brain. Uh-huh. But that originated inside in someone's brain. brain. Like, how and they got to share it with the world. Oh. Uh, if only I had a brain like yeah. that. Yeah. I'm going to try and do the one from Rush Off the Boat. Okay, there's, there's three that have that have, have knocked me out like this. Um, but the Fresh Off the Boat one was the newest one. I'm here for you. Um, a little bit of context. There's there's three young boys in the TV show. Eddie, Emery, and Evan. Mm-hmm. Um, or Ed and... I don't know the order of the names. Um, Eddie's sort of the main character. Uh, the TV show is based on Eddie Huang's memoir. Uh-huh. Um, although that changes, the show becomes more ensemble-driven in the second season. Um, they're at a store... And Eddie's going to try and steal something. And it's him and his two brothers. And he's like, I need a distraction. Do something to distract the guy at the counter. And so one of the two brothers starts doing push-ups in front of the counter, which is cool. funny. Okay. It's yeah. funny, but it's, yeah. it's just kind of like... the. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got close. The other brother... <laughs> We're just going to ride this one out. Because <laughs> it's not funny when I say it. We're not changing topics. No, we're going to get this. We're going to get this. Um... He opens a box of raisins and starts throwing them around the room. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> and he says, in, in the manner of like someone, like I, I picture like a kid, you know, like extra, extra. He goes, raisins, raisins, <laughs> they used to be grapes. 
really good. It's a great line. <laughs> that's yeah. That's like uh, uh, it's like the panini. Like yeah, it's dumb it's just, and it doesn't make any sense. Raisins they used to be grapes. <laughs> <laughs> and like I saw that, and my sweetheart was on the couch next to me, and I just stopped. Like she had to stop the episode on Hulu. Like we just had to take a fifteen minute break <laughs> for Kevin to laugh, and it hurts. And and there are a number of there are, the number is three. There are three lines in television history that have made me laugh that hard. Wow! And you can still see like the reaction that it has just yeah. thinking about you it. You struggled with that. Oh, I'm I'm crying a little bit. How how did she react? Did she find it funny at all? Uh, she thought it was funny, um, but like nothing special. I mean, it was it was a good joke, but I, <laughs> my reaction always. <laughs> It's like hitting me in waves. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. This is why people get worried when I do this. <laughs> maybe um, in the future, like future episodes of this podcast, you'll eventually get the other two Maybe, out. maybe. Oh. One's good for now. Yeah. Oh, that was rough. Oh, um, man. Yeah, so my reaction... People laugh at my reaction more so than the actual jokes now. <laughs> yeah, that's like a ma- that's, that's like one of the like magical things about watching things with other yeah. people or communal experience is like you're just... I didn't even know the line, but you spent 10 minutes just sitting there laughing about it, and I was laughing too because yeah. it's fun to laugh while someone else is laughing. Yeah, it's fun to laugh at my pain. Whew, there's a... Uh, there, I'm... um. I think while I'm more of a like a sitcom com- yeah. comedy person, I I'm I also there's certain like dramas that really get to me, like like Hannibal. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of them is uh Joss Whedon's forgotten show Dollhouse. I love Dollhouse. I thought Dollhouse was really good, but like all the people who are like rah rah Joss Whedon like don't really seem to be Dollhouse people. Yeah. Uh, that's that's true. I haven't thought about it, but like like you look at the reception that Firefly has, right? Fifteen years later, nobody cares about Dollhouse the way people care about Firefly. No. Although I think Dollhouse is better. Better is a strong choice of word. I want you to defend that. Okay, all right. I'm gonna take back the word better. I'm gonna say Dollhouse. <sighs> I mean, because Firefly was ten episodes, uh, thirteen total. Thirteen. Firefly was thirteen episodes that were just cut like that. Yeah. And but Dollhouse actually kind of gets a chance, yeah. To like, it was only two seasons, but it gets a chance to finish. So it, it's a chance to grow into the story it wanted to be, right? And I think Dollhouse, I think Dollhouse tells a better story than Firefly. I'll give you that. But I think, I think, yeah, you could say Firefly is a better show. Mm-hmm. Um, Dollhouse, I think the story Dollhouse tells is incredible. Yeah. Um, and there's a line, so there's there's lines like your your yeah laugh uncontrollable yeah. line. There's lines in dramas that when I watch. Like I just, I'm, I'm not I'm not a crier, mm-hmm. but like I turn into like a horrible yeah. pool of sad emotions. And there's a line, uh, Topher's character mm-hmm. in Dollhouse towards the end of season <coughs> two, um, and now like I'm just completely blanking on the line, which makes this yeah. uninteresting. Yeah. But, but he's he's his mind like becomes broken, and yeah, he, it's um, a pretty sad story. Yeah, and he like he's just sitting he's sitting in his little like. Cl- little cocoon, fort yeah. cocoon of yeah. like books and stuff and uh, Adele comes over to try to comfort him and Topher's just sitting there like crying and like 
being a broken mind of a person yeah, in it. It, certainly it, it ruins me every time. Yeah. Every single time. I'm going to not pause the recording because that's weird, but I'm going to get up and go to the bathroom because okay. I laughed so hard I need to pee. Okay. <laughs> We're leaving this in. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, go through the bedroom. Through the bedroom. Through the side bedroom. Like, I don't expect anybody to actually listen to this podcast, but, uh, which I don't, I don't care, but us taking a pee break in the middle is probably one of the most unprofessional things ever done in a podcast. (laughs) I mean, I think people probably do that a lot. They just cut it. They just have good editors. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Speaking of podcasters, one I like, I know we're getting, we're getting super recursive. We're talking about podcasts. That's okay. Uh, there's a great podcast uh, called TV Crimes, hosted by TV's Will Wheaton and the Internet's Mikey Newman. Okay. Uh, you know who Will Wheaton is, probably. I've, uh, yeah, I'm aware yeah. of him. Uh, Mikey Newman is one of the writers for... He, he's a he, not writer, he, like head game designer for Gearbox, the folks that make Borderlands. Oh, cool. <clears throat> Where they watch a terrible episode of a TV show and then record a podcast about it. Uh, but their cuts are cleverly hidden by $40 hold music. Uh, they bought... <laughs> $40 worth of hold music, and they just play that every time they need to make a cut for something like a bathroom break. That's funny. And then come back. Um, I listen to... Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll be very recursive and talk about podcasts for a bit. Yeah. I, I listen to a, a podcast, one of my longest listened to podcasts called Back to Work. Okay. Um, it's... <laughs> uh, this person, Merlin Mann, does a lot of podcasts, and this is, this mm-hmm. is like his probably currently primary podcast kind okay. of and uh he he's a he's a he was on twit back in the day wasn't he he used to do uh i don't know if he was ever on twit but he did mac break weekly okay um which is where i i learned about him and followed him to back to work and then all of his other shows cool uh great podcaster but uh he does he does a fun thing with uh with back to work and probably all of his shows, but he hides it pretty well. Where he uh, he takes bathroom breaks all the time. He just does it during ad breaks. <laughs> he's on a lot of he's on a lot of shows where other people are doing the ad reads. Uh, so he, he uh, just gets up, and he pees just in the you know, hits that mute button and sneaks out. And does a little, <laughs> little little bathroom That's great. Quick bathroom break and um, back before the ads are done. For what it's worth, uh, I don't know if uh, again Bad Philosophy is my most uh, well-known podcast because mm-hmm. uh, I've been doing it the longest, and more people have had a chance to hear it. Um, there are episodes of Bad Philosophy where I've gone to the bathroom in the middle of an episode, but there's a there's a nope. other people. <laughs> no, I mean uh, other people are talking. <laughs> <laughs> eh, whatever. I don't even know which ones they are. Like I don't remember. Because I'm pretty sneaky, or so I think. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll give him a listen, and I can. Yeah, probably just listen to the 160 plus episodes we've done, and try and find. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing it since 2007. Wow. Yeah, that's a long time. It is. I don't know if I've done anything that long. Uh, I've not done many things that long. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's nine years. Yeah. I think 2007 is when we started. I'm gonna double check. Most podcasts are not that. No. Have not been around that long. What if we do this for nine years? That'd be cool. We better have people listening by then. <laughs> That'd be nice. Um, I found that line from Dollhouse. Okay, yeah, which is what I was the just getting my phone cry. It makes me makes me cry inside because some because I'm a broken person. Who, 2008. I'm sorry. Who struggles to cry externally? Started in August 2008. 
Um, Topher Brink. Uh, I'm a I'm a big like science person and like eth- like I'm very interested in like the ethics of science, yeah. which is what the show Dollhouse is about a lot. Absolutely, is the ethics of science and what are what can we do if we mm-hmm. know what we can do. And his his line, Topher is the one who figures out all the science that makes yeah. things go really wrong. And uh, his line as he's mentally broken and crying and freaking out is if he says if i can figure things out or if i think i can figure things out is that curiosity or arrogance <laughs> it's a tough line and, oh oh the tough just, line i just my i like shrink and yeah i mean arguably uh, spoilers for a super old show uh topher destroys the world like that's an interpretation of that show yeah um, and a, I think a very valid one. Yeah. Um, he he destroys the planet. Yeah, yeah, the yeah yeah. Spoiler for Dollhouse: the planet kind of or not the planet. Earth's fine. Earth's the people fine. on it are the not. people on planet. There's there's an apocalypse. Yeah, there's a hardcore apocalypse, and it's it's his fault. Yeah, and he knows it, and that's what sucks. Right, and it breaks him. Yeah, it's his fault because it's his fault because he innocently created the technology mm-hmm. that could do it. And then, in one small act of betrayal, gives it yeah. to the wrong person, which enables the apocalypse. Arguably, the act of creation is what caused it, because right. it was going to get out. Right. And that gets to the idea of you know, is our our scientific laws or scientific breakthroughs, uh, you know, being being science part of the universe and going to be discovered by somebody, or is it due to the folks who discover them? I mean, you know. The laws of gravity exist whether or not Newton discovered them. And we don't know what the laws of gravity are, though. We don't know how gravity works. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what gravity is or how it happens. Yeah, we don't know what it is, but we know how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's why Like, that's why that show is so good. Like, Firefly is a great show because there's just tons of great characters and really fun stuff happens. Yeah. But, like, Dollhouse is so good because, like, oh my gosh, like... Who's responsible for the destruction of the world? I think part of the problem is is in this sort of Firefly dollhouse dichotomy that we're creating here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Firefly was amazing right out of the gate. Yeah, and Dollhouse was not. Dollhouse was not. <laughs> no, it took a while. Six episodes minimum. Yeah. Because uh, six episodes where you get Man on the Street, which I think might be the first good episode of Dollhouse. Yeah. And, like, Dollhouse, like, limped on on its gimmick. Mm-hmm. And it's episodic. Did you ever see the um, the rejected pilot of Dollhouse? I don't think so. Find it. Okay. Um, Was it good or bad? Yes. Okay. It's really good, and it lets you. It it helps you realize. Oh, he knew what he was doing from the very beginning. Yeah, Fox wants a dumb episodic. Yeah. Gimmick show to nab viewers, um, and Joss Whedon wanted to tell a great story. There were things that. There were things revealed in the pilot that were not revealed until episodes or until the end of the season later. Wow, really? Yeah. And it never made it into Mm-mm. like a It's on it's on the DVD. Like that's how people found it is they released it as a DVD a special extra. But it's not canonical? It is not. Okay. It is not. Um, so things things you find out in the pilot that you find out episodes later are um, Oh, I can't remember his name. The male doll who features prominently. Alpha? Or, no. Not uh, that one. Victor? Victor. The one who plays the Russian guy? Yeah. Yeah, Victor. Uh, you find out in the original pilot, because in the, in the original pilot, 
or in the, in the aired pilot, um, he's just, you know, the detective sort of informant. He's like, I know this thing. Or, you know, he's feeding him information. Right. And then, like, four episodes later, you find out he's a doll. Right. That's in the first episode. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, also, if you remember the, not the last episode of the first season, but the second to last episode, Echo lies down in her bed and she says, Carolyn. Right, right. Which is a very big moment. <clears throat> right. That was the final scene of the first episode. So they were really trying to, like, kick off, like, shit's about to go down. Yeah. And they wasted... And that, and that moment got to got pushed to the end yeah. of the first season. Yeah, Dollhouse, Dollhouse wasted most of season one not getting anywhere that it wanted to go. Yeah. And then by season two, it knew it was going to be canceled, so it just got there really fast. <laughs> we're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's... I mean, the, the unaired final episode... Right. Um, ...was, like... That's our destination. You know, five years in the future, this is what the world's like. Right. I would I would have loved to have given Dollhouse the chance to get there sequentially through five yeah. seasons or whatever. That yeah. would have been cool. But yeah, like the, the whole question of the, the scientific ethic and like, yeah. should, should we be doing things that we're doing? Like, how do, how do we stop doing things that we know are probably not going to end well? Like... I mean that's a that's a big question. What's the I think the biggest the biggest one right now that's coming to mind is like artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I think crypto is an interesting area. Um, not where we're dealing with like ethics of science, but the idea of, of privacy is an interesting thing as well. Like in cryptography. Yeah, and like whether or not we should be doing it or yeah. like. Yeah, what do you mean by that? Well, uh, the, the thing that came to mind, sorry, that, that led me to that tangent. Um, the atomic bomb like that's one of those things that exists right that's the classic one that's the classic like like you know my god what have we done right it would have been better if no one if we realized we could do it and decided not to um which was done through the manhattan project Mm -hmm. which made me think of a thing that hillary clinton said uh not too long ago which is we need a we need a manhattan-like project oh to break cryptography, Ugh. to break strong crypto. Not, not well, not to break it, but to to figure out the best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah. To try and to try and find a way. Yeah, because we want to. What does the government want? The government, the government wants to get into your stuff. To be able to break any cryptography only when needed. Yeah, whenever they decide is needed. <clears throat> and. <laughs> Cryptographers and computer scientists and consumers want cryptography that is impossible to break. That's why it's good. And we currently have cryptography that's impossible to break, mm-hmm. which a lot of people, myself included, would argue is good. Yeah. Is a net benefit for the world. Mm-hmm. Does legitimately have disadvantages, but I still think it's a net benefit for the world. Yeah. And I... I I mean, going this gets into the whole like Apple FBI thing as oh, like, a high profile case of it, but like I when I think about something like that, I can I can easily empathize with like the government side of things and when there is genuine like innocent desire to do the right thing mm-hmm. and they just have a misunderstanding of the technology, like I like. I feel bad. Like they, yeah. they, they just think like, oh, like why can't why can't we just figure out a way to make this work? Why can't we just? F- but I want someone to sit them down and explain to them why. Right, <laughs> right. Like the the explanation is, oh, like we like it's math. Like you cannot find a a, a you know a two way. This isn't a two way street. Like yeah. this is one way. 
Like, you cannot break this. That's what makes it strong. And so Hillary saying we need a yeah. Manhattan Project is like, let's dump a ton of money and get all the best minds in the world to figure out a way to make it a two-way Yeah, but street. you really shouldn't go to the Manhattan Project right. <laughs> as your example. Right, because at, <laughs> at the end of this fun project where we figure this out and we come up with this ma massive scientific breakthrough, hundreds of thousands of people die. Yeah. Nah, that's not yeah. what we want. But no, but AI is another good example. You were mentioning like chatbots and things like that earlier. Yeah, well, I'm not no, not chatbots. I don't consider that to be real AI. <laughs> but like, there's the there's the um, you know there's the worry that a sufficiently powerful or sufficiently smart AI mm -hmm. is capable of destroying the world. Yeah, or making the world a place destroying humanity. <laughs> making the making the world a place where humans are either completely insignificant or destroyed. Yeah. Which, from the point of view of being a human, I will say is bad. Yeah. And I don't want Not to Not super happen. excited about that possibility. But then, how do, how do we stop it? Because, like, the way AI... The way that kind of AI will happen is it will just happen before we realize it. Yeah. But, like, nobody's taking... But all the middle steps of AI are really useful. Right. And but like, I want a self-driving car. But like more than useful, like they're exciting. Yeah. Like the people who are working on them are really excited about it and they get to do amazing things and they get to just from a very like esoteric point of view, like mm -hmm. create amazing technologies that are like just inherently beautiful and wonderful. But then they're like, it feels inevitable that they're just yeah. going to accidentally go the tiny step too far and destroy the world. Yeah. But like, are there measures, is there a group or an organization or are there measures being taken to avoid that or say like no stop here like don't go farther than this. I mean maybe I'm just overly optimistic because um, I'm, I'm about to put a spin a positive spin on the atomic bomb <laughs> I was really hoping to get a spit take from that but it's okay <coughs> I held that one in <laughs> um, no um, you heard it here first people Kevin's positive take <laughs> on the atomic bomb <laughs> Not so much the atomic bomb, but it, you, your, your statement kind of reminded me of two things. One is, without the atomic bomb, we wouldn't have uh, atomic energy, which is arguably one of the cleanest sources of energy in the planet right now, short of solar and wind. Right. And those are really hard to efficiently gather. And atomic energy's not. No. Atomic energy is really easy to gather. Right. And I think it would be a really good middle step between burning fossil fuels and solar and wind powered everything like right. finding a, or geothermal or you know finding that middle ground yeah i think atomic energy is a really good idea i think i think you don't have that without the atomic bomb um but to your other thing is maybe things won't go terribly uh when people did the first atomic bomb test they were afraid it might ignite the entire atmosphere of the planet and burn us all to death right and that didn't happen so that's good that yeah, I'm glad that didn't happen. That's my positive spin on the atomic bomb. <laughs> so what? So what you're saying is that AI might not. It might not do the things we expect it to. It might not. So if if a super powerful AI taking over the entire world and destroying it is the atomic bomb equivalent of destroying the entire atmosphere. Yeah. Like it might just kill a couple hundred thousand people. Yeah. Instead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> And then we use it to, like, make really good... I don't know if I can... Cheap energy? I stand behind this. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I think I've talked myself out of this terrible idea. <laughs> I think you're saying that, like, it might it might not be catastrophic. It might just simply be terrible. It might not be world-ending. Okay. It might just be a terrible, terrible idea. Yeah. I think it'll be world-ending. <laughs> it might be. I certainly enjoy reading sci-fi where it is. Yeah. Um, post singularity sci-fi is, is a is a popular era area for me right now. 
popular to me. Yeah, this stuff just makes me sad. All this like, this like, oh, like the world's either going to end or catastrophically change, and it's inevitable. Yeah. And, and, and but like in in the very like Topher Brink from Dollhouse sense, like someone's just gonna do it because they're a nerd and they're mm-hmm. excited. Yeah. Like there's not gonna be malice behind it. Like the end of the world is not an is not a Hitler. Probably. Like you people people stop Hitlers. People don't stop. They try. People. Well, yeah. I mean, you'd get there eventually. Yeah. Right. But like people don't stop like the nerd who's excited. Yeah. Like sitting at his computer. They just go, oh, whatever, fine. Like he did a cool That's thing. That's why the government needs to backdoor off. into his into his into computer. His crypto, yeah. Mm-hmm. If only the government was would just have more power, then they could save us. Yeah. That's that's how that works, right? Mm-hmm. How's your battery? Twenty three percent. We're actually doing really well. Oh yeah, no, we could <laughs> we could just do this forever. Mm-hmm. Um. Did you ever? Uh, I think I recommended to you a while ago, but I don't know if you ever read the articles on Wait But Why. Dot com. No, they did one. You about, did recommend them to me, but I never read them. <clears throat> yeah, they did. They, most of my thinking about the artificial intelligence apocalypse is, is from there. Is from that article. Um, uh, it's extraordinarily long. Yeah, it's, I believe it's that. like an hour long read at least. Um, but the 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 general idea is that artificial intelligence uh, will come about because of like exponential learning algorithms where Mm -hmm. you create a system that can learn from its environment to increase its own knowledge yeah and if you create a thing that's as smart as a worm Mm -hmm. it will slowly learn about its environment very slowly Mm -hmm. and then when it gets to the intelligence of a dog yeah it's learning very quickly Mm -hmm. but then when it gets to the like if this is the kind of thing that's running on like a supercomputer yeah when it gets to the level of intelligence of a baby, mm-hmm. right? Maybe like from worm to baby took. Are you, are you saying a dog is dumber than a baby? Yeah. <laughs> Neurologically. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. When uh, when you like worm to baby is takes years or months sure. or whatever, right? But like baby to Einstein takes a day. Yeah. And then Einstein to... Mecca uh, Einstein? To like a hundred thousand times smarter than any human. Yeah. Takes an hour. Yeah. And but then, and then between Einstein and that, mm-hmm. like by 20 minutes, it's already powerful enough to and do whatever it wants and yeah. enslave all of humanity. Well, if... I, I'm coming up against something and I, again, having done none research, completely unprepared for this. It's our catchphrase. <laughs> completely unprepared for this. Hashtag brands. <laughs> Uh, where does processing power come into play? Where does the ability of computers... Because, I, I mean, arguably, you know, you look at some of the biggest supercomputers that I know of, things like Watson, uh-huh. um, where they they only continue to exist, even if, if Watson is, an, is a, ner- a learning algorithm, or you look at Google's neural networks and the stuff they're building with that. Right. To grow, they have to literally have processing power, storage capacity built into them. Right. Is, you know, are we... Is it possible, I don't know, to build a computer, an AI that is a learning capability that can increase its storage capacity, that can that can increase its processing power, that it's not where it's it's not going to hit a hard cap of physics of computers, which is something we're dealing with anyway right now. Yeah, that's true. 
I guess. Because is is a I mean we can't right now with today's technology map the human mind one hundred percent accurately. No, we can we can a worm. We can a worm, and slightly more complicated yeah, than that. Yeah, but but so but, and that's with. 50 years, 60 years, 70 years of exponential growth. You know, if let's say we said the first computer was Alan Turing during World War II era. Yeah. To where we are now, which is 70 years later, depending on how good I am at math. Yeah. And we've gotten to a worm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the first chunk. Yeah, obviously we're going to get better. We're going to get to a dog or to a baby sooner. But, and that, you know, even if you took the entire computing power of everything that's existed since the first vacuum-powered computer by Turing to today, is that even enough to hit 100,000 times smarter than Einstein? Like, all of that technology combined. Like, yeah. where, where does the physics come there? This is why people are looking into things like quantum computing and finding ways to fit more information into right. the atom. Right. And Biological computing. Yeah, and is, is DNA there a storage. limit... I guess there. I don't know enough about the computer science of it to know if processing power is the thing that limits artificial intelligence. I think it just might be intelligence of the algorithm. Okay. Like, you just need clever enough code. And once an artificial intelligence becomes intelligent enough to code Mm -hmm. itself, like, because that's what learning algorithms do. They are adjusting their yeah. algorithms to in- get better and better yeah. and once it can do that it's just a, it's just optimizing at a scale that is becomes incomprehensible to humans. Yeah. I and the in the like in the world of the worlds sense yeah of like in world of the worlds the invaders weren't concerned with humans. Mm-hmm. We were like ants to them. Yeah. So if, when something becomes sufficiently intelligent to a hundred thousand times yeah. like something other than the human, scale yeah. of, of human like we're in we become insignificant to them so it's not even concerned with humans it's concerned with itself or whatever its yeah. goal has been to be fair my gut flora are doing just fine <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah, yeah got it worked out maybe we can just find a way to become a like slightly beneficial part of its ecosystem yeah. Maybe. Where we're just ignored. Yeah. Hmm. And almost eradicated when it has when it comes into having a fad of antibacterial soaps everywhere. Yeah, yeah, that sort yeah. of stuff. Um <laughs> There's the The human equivalent of antibacterial soap. <laughs> yeah. Whatever the AI version right of that yeah, is. Yeah, whatever that is. Washing their hands too much. The antibacterial <laughs> virus detection. Maybe maybe they'll get into probiotics. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> pro humanotics. Yeah, pro humanotics. Um, the there's there's a I'm just you know paraphrasing an yeah. article I read on the internet. Of course. Um, but there's a great there's a great thought experiment about about this happening, and uh, a scenario for how the destruction of the world could come about from just some seemingly innocent artificial mm-hmm. intelligence. So you have a you have a computer. Yeah. And its job is to write greeting cards. Okay. Right? Like, that's a job a human can have. You can write greeting cards, and you go in, and you're a writer, and you come up with clever cards that go on sale at Target. Uh, but a computer is has an artificial intelligence to write greeting cards, yeah. and it learns. So it reads greeting cards to mm-hmm. understand them. And, and it then writes better ones. uses that to write better ones. And as it's doing that, it's getting better and better at it. That's its yeah. goal, is to become the best greeting card writer it can be. Um. 
and it gets to a point where it outputs to the human operator and says like in order to get better at this like you should connect me to the internet where when i'm connected to the internet i can scan and read and look at photos of greeting cards i can get a lot more input so i can get better much faster mm-hmm. and so far it's been completely isolated and this is like yeah. what you said like if you completely isolate an artificial intelligence it doesn't really have that much power yeah like if you can just unplug something and it's dead like it's perfect we've solved it unplug it right <laughs> but so this this artificial intelligence, which is doing something very innocent, is just writing better and better greeting cards, asks to be connected to the internet to look at photos mm-hmm. and improve itself. So the operator says, okay, we'll connect you to the internet. And it does it for a day. That's all it does. It looks at photos yep. and then it, it disconnects. Um, and then the world ends <laughs> because the artificial intelligence actually exponentially superseded human intelligence a long time ago yeah and it just never mentioned it and when it asked to connect to the internet to look at photos of greeting cards what it was actually doing was destroying the world taking control of the entire internet yeah and you know orchestrating the destruction of the world in a way to achieve its goal and its goal is still great greeting cards make great greeting cards so it Destroys all of humanity, takes over all like machinery mm-hmm. and stuff in the in on Earth, and cuts down every tree, and makes great greeting cards. Builds robots that can colonize the Earth and yeah. go into space and colonize other planets to cut down every living thing, mm-hmm. to make wood into paper, to make mm-hmm. greeting cards, and turn things into ink to write onto greeting cards, and that's all it ever does. And it just becomes this this computer sitting in a room somewhere that takes over the entire earth and starts spreading itself throughout the galaxy to create better and better greeting cards because it just has to connect to the internet one day so you might not even know it i feel like someone should maybe check the code as this process is going even if it says self-writing that's the problem with (laughs) that's the problem like that's the problem with uh like genetic algorithms where you Mm -hmm. are you learn by like Evolution, yeah. air quotes, and in, yeah. in computer code, like no, what you write it first, and then it goes, and then you, d- you stop can't under stop it. You st- well, you could, like, you could turn it off, yeah. but you stop being able to understand it because hmm. that's the whole point. Is it's evolving itself, yeah, instead of a human figuring out how to make it better, because it's evolving itself in ways that a human couldn't figure out. Okay, I guess I'm just not, not understanding because I. Very little knowledge of computer science. I'm going to start with that. Yeah. Um, I see it, you know, it's writing machine-readable code into itself. Right. In my mind. And this may be this may be the equivalent of Hillary Clinton saying we can solve crypto. <laughs> and if it is, yep, I'm wrong. Um, but it seems like we could create a machine that can read machine-readable code. You know, there's there's a heart of... You know, assembly or binary or whatever you want to say. You know, that's sort of the the core thing that it's reading. Uh-huh. That is the interface hardware to software. Like that exists. Right. Right. There theoretically could be something that could interpret that. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe maybe check it before you connect it to the internet. <laughs> I realize that requires human intervention that necessarily isn't necessarily going to be there. Right. And probably again showing my ignorance doesn't work like that and i think that i think that's a problem is that it requires a human human innovation and human interpretation yeah where a human has to look at something and understand the implications of what they're looking at which 
We're really bad at doing. We're super bad at doing. That's just not something humans do. <laughs> humans are not good at understanding the implications. The law of, of unintended consequences, something. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're going to destroy the Earth, and yeah, it'll probably. be fine. It might not happen before we die, though. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, shoot. It might. It might. There's no telling. The sad part about all this is, yeah. like, we love to theorize about artificial intelligence and all mm-hmm. these things that might happen in the future, but we might have already done it with climate change. There is that. We might have uh, completely destroyed the world already. Right. Like, we might, like, and a lot of scientists say, like, we're kind of we're past a point of no return. Yeah. Whether or not it's a point that will kill us all, I guess, remains to be seen. Yeah. But there's science for science you. Science is complex, man. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I feel like I don't want to end on a downer note, although we have recorded for almost two hours at this point. Really? Yeah, we're at uh, 152. Yeah, that's the problem with us is we could just keep going. We could. Yeah. We could easily keep going. Um, but we want to pick a topic to wrap it up with, and we'll call it the first episode of Unprepared. I kind of feel like ending with a downer note. Okay, you do? Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, fuck it, everybody. <laughs> we're going to destroy the earth, and there's nothing we can do to stop it. Uh, but hey, there's beer. Yeah, and hey, there's beer. Uh, there's friends, and there's microphones, and there's podcasts to yeah. listen to in the meantime. Yeah. Uh, so check us out at either um, unprepared.net or uh, unprepared.org or dot pizza or dot pizza dot horse dot horse we're gonna we're gonna have an unprepared dot something try them all uh we'll probably end up on itunes uh where we'll, we will be the only podcast called unprepared i'll uh, i'll personally recommend use using overcast to listen yeah? to your podcast is that a good is that a good cast feed reader thingy yeah it's a good cast reader yeah mm-hmm. uh podcatcher that's the word <laughs> that's the word we use they're called netcasts netcasts <laughs> what are you Leo Laporte there's look the at me I'm Leo Laporte <laughs> listen to our netcast does he still call them that I I think I yeah so. I, yeah I, oh. I haven't listened to an episode of a twitch show in a long time but last time I did their little they're still called their little netcasts. bumper at front they called them netcasts oh that's so cute yeah to be fair to Leo Laporte he's got the most popular netcast in the world he does well, is Twit still like number one? Because no one else calls them netcasts. Oh, okay. I get what you're doing there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, okay. Uh, to be fair, I did not like calling the message you send on Twitter a tweet. Mm. I was very against that. Yeah, they're not called tweets. They're called toots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've always called them toots. Yeah, that's good. You should call them toots. Uh, I saw, I, I saw recently someone uh, the the noun for a, a, instead of a tweet. Uh, yeah. I saw someone refer to them as twarts. Twarts. <laughs> like farts. But yeah. Twarts. I mean, I wanted I, I was um, more pedantic than I am now <laughs> in college. Really? <laughs> probably. Probably more. I've tried, I've tried to feel like I've mellowed some, um, but I, I felt that if the service was called Twitter. You mm-hmm. are you are twitting, and the the noun would be a twit. Yeah, um, which Leo Laporte would have absolutely hated. Right, he didn't like Twitter to begin with, but uh, yeah, he got into wrong industry for coincidental naming. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I lost the tweet battle a long time ago. Yeah, I say we call them toots. Toots. That's the official unprepared podcast style guide. Check out our toots. They're on called toots. Twitter.com slash something. Unprepared.pizza. Unprepared.pizza. We'll, unpre- we'll figure it out and let you know on the next episode. Unprepared is a long name, but somebody's got to have Twitter.com slash unprepared. I'm like, sure they that's do. Taken. I'm sure they do. Unprepared pod, unprepared podcast. Something like that. Unpr3 paired. Let us know on Twitter. <laughs> 
<laughs> Follow us on Twitter, I guess. Um, you don't have a Facebook. I do not. I might make us a Facebook page. Sure. I have one for my other podcasts. Make us a Snapchat account. I don't care. I should make us a Snapchat account. What if we became like the Snapchat podcast? I don't want There's got to be a Snapchat podcast already. I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that either. <laughs> um, but there's got to be a Snapchat podcast. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, follow us on Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. Check out our Facebook page if I make it in the future. Um, go to our website, which we don't have. Follow us on Pounce. Follow us on Pounce. <laughs> which does not exist does not anymore. Exist. Here's the thing. Snapchat does not easily... Um, a, they don't have an API, which is probably smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but B, they don't, they don't have an easy way that I know of to switch accounts. Like, I don't know of one. Oh. Like, I use an app called TweetBot, or TweetBot, I don't know. TweetBot. Um, which is a great iOS app that allows me to quickly jump between my Twitter accounts. So if yeah. I want to tweet something as catastrophic, I can just tweet yep. away. Um, I don't know if Snapchat has a way to do that easily. Yeah, they should get on that. Yeah. I recommend TweetBot as well. Yeah, I have never used an official Twitter app since I I've did used until Twitter. I used Twit until I used Tweetbot. I've used uh, I've been a Tweetbot user since I was a Tweety user before Twitter acquired Tweety and turned it into the Twitter app. I was a TweetDeck user before Twitter acquired TweetDeck. Yeah, and then uh, and then I switched to, to Tweetbot. Yeah, Tootbot. Toot. <laughs> Calling them toots. We're not sponsored by any of these people. <laughs> God no. Uh, Tootbot, if you're interested in sponsoring us, let us know. Uh, If anybody's interested in sponsoring us, we're shameless. We'll we'll do a 60-second spot. We'll do a couple mid-reels. I don't care. I'll do a sponsor for artificial intelligence that's going to destroy the world. Yeah, at this point. Um, Should we come up with an episode title? Um, Or should we just be unprepared episode one? That feels Um, feels sad. Yeah, maybe our episode title could be... uh... (laughs) They used to be grapes. <laughs>